Welcome back to the With Joe Eby podcast. I want to talk to you today about Lewis Litt. Lewis Litt is a character in the show I used to watch called Suits. I know everyone thinks about Suits if you've watched it. I think I kind of tapered off after about season three. But it's pretty popular, so sometimes it makes for a good example. Now, I remember Lewis Litt in the show is just like, he's a bit of a... He's a bit of an abrasive character, right? He gets very frustrated. He gets very emotional. He's very good at what he does and he's very ambitious and hardworking, but he normally gets the short end of the stick and he keeps trying to further his career, right? He wants his his name on the wall, um, which in law is like, you know, the pinnacle of the career, like being a name partner in a big law firm, a big fancy law firm. I guess that's the kind of, that's seen to be the pinnacle. I'm not a lawyer, so I can't really comment too much further on that. Anyway, I think he actually has to, from Emily do a bit of blackmailing to finally get his name on the wall. But you can understand the appeal, right? You, If you're getting on the wall, you get more pay, you get more prestige, you get more glory, you get more authority. Uh, you get more responsibility. Maybe that can be burdensome, right? So maybe not always desirable. From the outside, it seems pretty desirable, right? And uh, I guess you'd also get really good opportunities, I guess you'd be able to go and do anything after that. You'd probably be able to, you know, you're an associate or something like that. What are your opportunities compared to someone who's like a, a senior partner or a managing partner, right? You, you're going to have a higher pay grade of opportunity uh, being further up in that career. But obviously, you know, to get the Lewis Lit opportunities for him to finally get his name on, his, on the door, he's got to be the senior partner first and then he's got to be whatever the step before that is and so on, an associate and junior you got to be in the ring so you can make it to the next round. When I talk about the thousand doors, you've got to be in the first room to get to the second room. The doors in the second room will probably be better, even if the room's not better. Right? So it's like kind of making mistakes normally can help you make wiser decisions. So even if the experience has been bad, you'll probably be able to make better decisions than you did You know, a cycle before when you made the mistake. For example, for me, going to uni when uh, you know, I didn't really understand uni too well, so I didn't really do my homework beforehand, I can make better decisions after. Because I know, all right, scope out what you're doing a bit next time to the extent that you can, and then just protect the downside. Make sure it's easy to kind of pivot and do something else once you're in there. Right? Even if even that came after a negative experience. But to get in the third room or the fourth room, you've got to go through the second room and the first room. It just makes sense. You've got to have access to it. And a career is, is essentially no different because a career is just a specific type of journey that's very specific to work and a very narrow de- definition of the word work, mind you. But the, the, the typical career has this hierarchy that you're climbing, like the Lewis Lit, right? And you can see that whole journey run through, starting from a, a junior up to a, to a managing partner. And all the other characters in those shows, they kind of go through the same kind of thing. But to get the perks, to get the good opportunities, you got to start somewhere. And that's the whole point. It's hard to fast forward from the start right to the end. The point I want to zero in on with that whole career idea is the opportunities. And how you kind of get better opportunities, the better positioned you are. In theory, someone who's the managing partner is going to get access to any opportunity that an associate would get and more. That's what I want to zero in on today because I want to talk about your thinking career. That's right, your career of thinking. 
which I'm sure you've never thought about as a, a career before because you're not as uh, you're not as caught in this lofty idea space as maybe I am. Maybe I just spend too much time doing this. But the thinking career, the thinking career. How's your thinking going? How's your thinking being elevated? Now, I want you to imagine you're, uh, you're working at some sort of corporate company. Maybe it's a law firm, maybe it's finance, whatever it might be. And you're hiring for a position. You've got two candidates. One has shown very basic law or finance performance so far, whatever it is. The other's shown really good performance. It's a pretty black and white, straight down the line decision who you're going to promote. Who gets the opportunity to do more? Now, who's more likely to get headhunted? Who's more likely to get approached somewhere else so they can take a step up? The person who does more. The person who shows better performance on the same level. I think about a thinking career as in the very much the same way. In that you get thinking opportunities. What do I mean by that? First, let's... let's Take a step back a bit, because it's probably a bit dense and a bit heavy, the way I'm presenting this today. First, we need to agree that thinking is a good thing. Now, if you've got the definition of thinking that, say, like an Eckhart Tolle has, uh, he describes thinking as kind of like the mind just pedaling unnecessarily over and over. That's not probably my definition of thinking. My thinking is probably more reflective in nature, like being, being able to work things through and be clear. That's the sort of thinking I'm talking about. To actually be able to listen to your own voice, making sure it's the noise, your noise, your voice that you're listening to in your head and not just noise that comes from the outside. So you need to agree that thinking is good. And then what I'm talking about is this whole thousand doors effect, which is that you're in the first room now. The second room is going to be, in theory, better. If it's not better, it'll have better doors. The doors probably get better as you go along. So, for example, how important is thinking for getting you from one stage to another on your journey? Or rather, from one room to another when you're going on your thousand doors journey? So, if I was going to try and apply this to myself uh, retrospectively, I'd talk about a big part of my journey starting was just jumping in with my friend Nick's project to Nepal. Now, what qualified me for that opportunity? Well, first, I had to be interested in it. I had to think that this would be a cool thing to do. Now, once we began doing the stuff in Nepal, I got many incredible thinking opportunities. Because I was interested in learning more about this new space I was in, the nonprofit world, I started watching more TED Talks and doing more research and stuff like that. I'd never been that deeply interested in researching into anything in particular. So driven by passion uh, and, and this level of interest, I was exploring. And that's when I, wa- I remember one of the first things I watched with Nick was this TED Talk by a guy called Ernesto Ciroli on how to really help people and enterprise facilitation and a bit of a different way of helping people than fundraising going overseas, but actually facilitating businesses. This is an incredibly um, stimulating idea and example of aid for a person of... 21 years of age or whatever I was at the time. That made me more interested in what I was doing. It made me want to go further. Now, another opportunity that came was because I went to Nepal, I got to observe an incredibly different culture. 
Now, there's the cliches about, well, everyone in third world countries is more happy than people in the West and yada, yada, yada. I got to observe this close hand. I got to learn a lot of things around when you put an opportunity in front of someone from a third world community and you make it accessible to them, you start to see the reasons why they might not take what you're doing, which then starts to make you question, what is a successful outcome here? What makes a good life for people? Should people want this? Everyone where I'm from wants this. Should everyone over here want it? There's a gap there. Why is there a gap there? More experience, more learning. That thinking opportunity gets me thinking on a different level. Then how does that compound my journey? Then you start to have more interesting conversations with more sophisticated people because you've been developing and growing and cultivating your own thinking. So now people that, I guess, maybe from the outside, the everyday person would love to maybe network with or get the opportunity to sit, sit in a room with or pick their brain. All of a sudden, also, I guess, because of what you're doing, but then once you're in there, the way you think, you're able to relate to that person more. Then they want to help you more. Then they introduce you to people. And those people bring more opportunities. Now, a big important thing to be measuring in this picture kind of like the score on a game is that your your thinking ability kind of goes up you're gaining more thinking currency as you go or you could also call this learning but your ability to think can be very integral to that now thinking is something it's very weird to maybe talk about abstractly and what i mean by thinking well for example i try and think by example with my writing and my podcast. Something I've learned recently is the relationship between good writing and communication and good thinking. How writing is normally a reflection of the other. And it's something if you want to look into um, Amazon as a company and how they've used the idea of the narrative in their day-to-day -day operations and they've found that the best thinkers, even if they're technical people, are actually the best writers. It's just proof for this concept that good thinking equates to good writing over here. So your thinking career, something you've maybe never thought intentionally about, but think about the advantages of being able to think at a higher level and more clearly. Think about all the things you'll see that others don't. And then think about how that's going to potentially impact your so-called actual career. Fascinating, right? Uh, as an example of this, I, uh, there was another example. I had a friend reach out to me recently because she got advice from people in her sphere that she should reach out to, she should get more impact focused and reach out to some of her friends who are doing cool things. I was pretty privileged. I was one of the people she chose to reach out to. But it goes to show, first you've got to be doing cool things. No one's going to come discover you sitting on the bench playing Game Boy or whatever or, you know, scrolling Instagram or Facebook. Even if you've got great thinking capability, it's probably just this early step, sure. But there's this, this role in your thinking, you've got you to do stuff. You've got to open doors. And then you're more discoverable. And then the whole journey can compound because those people introduce you, introduce you. So it's this compounding thousand that you get all these doors open, which is obviously a big part of uh, the philosophy I subscribe to and I'm trying to make palatable and accessible for anyone who might be listening. So some recommendations today. 
if you want to boost your thinking career, first, you've done a lot by just listening to this. It means you're getting more intentional. I've got three probably specific content recommendations. The first is mine. I would go over without the box thinking. It's not going to make you a powerful thinker, but it gives you a good framework to start understanding thinking more deeply. Um, so there's a blog post. It's normally, it's one of the recommended ones on the site at the time. So even just on the homepage, you should find it. Or Google Joe Weeby without the box thinking. Um, there's a book called The Celestine Prophecy by James Redfield. I highly recommend that. As well as a book I'd normally recommend a lot, Awareness by Anthony DeMello. So that's without the box thinking, Celestine Prophecy and Awareness by Anthony DeMello. But in general, if, if uh, you're not interested in those, the things you're interested in, just dive deeper into them. Read more about them. Do projects that relate to them or activate them and try and explore them with friends. Obviously, at the moment, we're trying to help people do that with the constant student community. But I encourage you to just do it in any way that is possible for you. The, the thinking career is not just... Thinking is not just this thing that belongs in a vacuum. Thinking just dynamically relates to your journey, whatever wherever a journey is to you, if it is just a professional career or if it's a broader life journey, however you want to think of it. Thinking is inseparable from that. It's not this thing that philosophers and hermits do out in caves. It's part of everyday life. And if we could think more often, ah, oh, the places we'd fucking go. The best way to open a thousand doors for you is to concentrate on opening doors for others. So who can you think well alongside and who might benefit from a bit of a kick up the arse with this episode? Please feel free to share it with them, but also please feel free to come back again and be with me tomorrow.